Hey, everybody, and welcome to this, the 19th episode of the Psychology of Lockdown. This is about the no-talk rule. We're on the rules of dysfunction. For those of you who are following the show, this is rule number five. We have uh, three more rules to go after this, and then the series is going to be complete. So we're, I'm really looking forward to that. George and I are going to wrap this up because we're getting so busy uh, with uh, the facts and the fiction and everything that's going on with COVID. Uh, we're going to be focusing our attention on that, but we really want to get this psychology of lockdown series uh, complete and have a, a full package for everyone to really understand exactly the nature of our relationship with the government and the government corporate system right now, the gaslighting, the propaganda, the hypnosis that's going on, the abusive relationship that we're describing using family systems therapy. So this is uh, rule number five in the rules of dysfunction. And this one is called the no talk rule. Hey, George, how you doing today? Oh, wow. I mean, I'm doing great. Uh, I, I'm, I'm feeling, you know, ready for this. I've yeah. got so many people are messaging and calling Canadian Rights Watch for assistance. And many of them, you know, universities, schools, I have teachers, um, medical health professionals, long-term care workers, galore reaching out to us because they're under fire right now. No jab, no job. Right. Absolutely. Prove it to us. They're getting three questions right yep. now. Are you, are you, are you, are you, uh, have you got one jab um, or, or no, are you fully vaxxed, partially vaxxed, or are you going to get the vax? These are the three in one version, another version or another way. This is what they're asking uh, all of these people. And they're a, a breach of privacy. We have seen a plethora, a flood of legal information hitting the game board right now, right. challenging these oligarchs, this encroaching on informed consent, privacy, accommodation. They're behaving as if none of these exist. It's clear in the expectations. They're no longer hiding it. It's in the notices. I have one that I posted on blacklisted, whitelisted businesses recently where the boss posts this letter, this article in the lunchroom saying, if you don't get the vaccine, find another line of work. Yeah. There's nothing ambig ambivalent there in his remark, right. uh, his intent, his intention, the message, the subliminal messages. People are all going through the same tiptoe to tyranny right now at work. All yeah. of them. Yeah. We're seeing it really amp up. Uh, we've got multiple cities here in the United States now that are really starting to push this vaccine passport. Can't go indoors unless you can prove your vaccination status. Uh, and all of this flying completely in the face of uh, evidence of early treatment protocols, as we were we were discussing off air, uh, that clearly are more effective. I mean, the information coming out about ivermectin right now is looking at 90 plus percent efficacy. Uh, way Don't better talk than about vaccines. that. Don't talk about that. <laughs> well, that's exactly right. And uh, so this no talk rule, well, guess what? It sounds a lot like censorship, right? And we're seeing yeah. a lot of that because the government doesn't want you to know about ivermectin or hydroxychloroquine or uh, any of the number of ways that many uh, healthcare professionals, MDs and scientists have discovered to deal with this that don't include the vaccine. So George, why don't you tell us about the, the no talk rule? How does it work inside a, a family system? And then how does it work inside okay. uh, the larger picture? I, I, I want to contextualize this uh, on the basis of what's going on right now mm -hmm. because most people can relate to this i mean 
what benefits does the no talk rule provide to the oppressor, to its user? Now, first of all, let's understand the rules that we've been talking about, the rules of dysfunction that ultimately lead to mystification, sleepwalking, somnambulism, whatever you want to call it. It's okay with me. I use all of those terms synonymously to describe the state of mind an individual is in when they don't have critical thinking, when they don't question the rules, and they don't challenge authority uh, on the basis uh, of of such critical thinking, of knowing what questions to ask Mm -hmm. and when to talk. When do we start to speak up? So naturally, the no talk rule means that we as human beings don't get to interact. We don't get to figure this stuff out. When we're not interacting, when we're not having a meeting of the minds, okay, we are separate. We are separated from our realities. We don't get to exchange our realities. So as Dr. Mark mentioned in our previous interview, uh, the live we did on Facebook last week, Doug, we got to get into groups. We need the mirroring faces of others. Uh, when we see this kind of no talk rule being applied, remember these rules are 200 years out of date. They're not new. Um, their deployment is not some new, modern, fashionable way of socializing society. This has been going on forever and a day. Right. So if you're finding a struggle to detect, how these rules are playing a role in your daily lives. Let's understand that wearing masks, social distancing, or any other form of remedy, pharmaceutical remedy, that is predicated on the basis of lockdown. Remember, when we talk about what, you know, sanitizing our hands, putting face diapers, social distancing, all this non-scientific crap, this nonsense that these guys are pushing, they're talking about making sure that we can't communicate Human beings express themselves in very symbolic ways and words are one of the ways that we do that. When we don't have a chance to exchange our ideas with like-minded individuals, we can start to feel like we're going a little nuts. Mm -hmm. We're being exposed to all this junk on a daily basis with no counter conversation. It's only one way. People are high-fiving, getting the jab right now. I've got 14-year-olds whose father is a veteran uh, uh, current, uh, current duty police officer uh, who's devastated that his son won't take his text messages, nor will his wife. They won't talk. The son won't talk because he's being peer pressured. Right. One of my favorite uh, women in, in the uh, Canadian frontline nurses whose daughter is in the same boat with an abusive boyfriend. They can't talk. This no talk rule is extremely dangerous It's extremely dangerous. People don't get to explore new frontiers, new ideas, or be open to the idea of exploring. I mean, nobody's telling you to stop believing what you believe. Have it back if you want. But be willing to distrust what you think you know and digest piles of new information. Right. If we can't talk, none of that's possible. You know, what you're describing uh, reminds me, well, not only the one of the first things that pops into my mind is that, of course, these governments, they uh, implemented this state of emergency and then uh, the governors or the, the provincial leaders are able to dictate policy after that with no debate. There's no democratic process. So we're, we've seen from the very beginning this happen without uh, a certain side, the, the no lockdown, the early uh, treatment protocol side, not being allowed to have any kind of a public sphere. But then another thing, because clearly, obviously, in the big picture, we're seeing this censorship. So that's clearly the no talk rule. But the amount of peer pressure that you're describing 
the amount of peer pressure is actually very real too. I've heard so many stories of doctors and nurses, medical professors, uh, professionals, and scientists who are afraid to speak out about their opinion at their jobs because they know they'll be ostracized or they know that the social pressure is so intense that even expressing your beliefs or your ideas on this is instantly suppressed. And, it, and it's one of those weird, it's a very strange psychological situation to be in that I think really defines the no talk rule where nobody says it out loud, but everybody knows like, well, we're not allowed to talk about this. Like if we talk about people this are subject, feeling like they're doing something wrong. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. They have this, this specter, you know, the hunters coming and they're going to find out that you're right. about to do something wrong. I mean, even the specter of just the innocence of going into a grocery store, the person feels like they're about to do something wrong. Right. This is the whole idea behind the psychological warfare of the no talk rule. This is a wound to humanness in the deepest way possible. With everybody knows, you know, we, what we have here, folks, is a failure to communicate. <laughs> right. I well, mean, I and here they are deliberately pushing such failure onto us. And like you're talking about with the masks, your mouth is literally covered. I mean, there's actually a physical symbol every time you go out saying, oh, you know, better not talk about this. Put your mask on, you know, keep your mouth shut. Yeah, pretty outrageous. that's exactly it. And, you know, try to do that to somebody who has suffered sexual abuse where their mouths were covered. OK, yeah. And I can tell you right now, you're not getting a mask on that person. And if you try to, and if anybody, because remember, when we're dealing with the human rights code and we're talking about disability, those are apparent and non-apparent disabilities. You cannot see the psychology of somebody from 10 feet away and let alone analyze it from that far away. Right. And these people that are assuming that they should not support these individuals in their positions, in the, in the validity of what they're saying as it relates to their PTSD or their trauma. The people who are doing that are extremely offensive. They're abusing, they're assaulting this exactly. person. And they're not allowed to even talk about it. Right. You see, they call me and I, I'm telling you, and, I, and you know, those of you who are watching who have, who have been involved in conversations, you know who you are. I'm not gonna be dropping any names here, but, but, you know, I, I get it. When, when you call me, you're at the point where no one's listening to you or taking you seriously. It's, it's like you're talking to, to walls. Uh, there's no response. So I'm, I'm happy that I'm able to give some people a sense of hope and affirmation. This mm -hmm. is what Dr. Mark McDonald was talking about. We need to identify with a face. Remember, healing toxic shame. These rules, healing these rules, these abusive rules, these shaming rules that we were all raised on that we thought were normal rules, which are actually abusive rules. They, they soul mar an individual and they damage and destroy relationships mercilessly as we're seeing today. Okay. So, so the affirmations people require right now are from a face-to-face -face connection. We need to see the identification and the re-identification with a human face yeah, so we can absolutely. get mirrored properly. And this is what people get. They get affirmed. No, you're not nuts. There's nothing wrong with you. Right. You're not crazy, okay? What's, what's happening to you is completely crazy. Yes, we agree. So if you're afraid of standing up or if you haven't found your voice, you're, not, you're afraid to talk, okay? And incidentally, I just want to say something about the censorship. When we're deliberately imposing these rules, we're not censoring, we're attacking 
Uh, this is a collaboration of people who have an agenda that's no longer a hidden one. It is hiding definitely in plain sight. When you know what to look for, uh, you will then know better how to respond to it. You won't feel so intimidated and you will find your voice at some point. Those of you who have been raised in childhood, you know, don't talk, you know, you're to be seen and not heard. Yep. Speak when spoken to. These are often the dysfunctional family rules. Stop that crying. I'll give you something to cry about. All of these things are 250 years out of date. You need to get rid of the parent tapes so you can find your voice. So with that, I say that the, the reality is that with this no talk rule, secrets can be concealed for years. Plans, agendas, aims, motivations. Without talk, all of the intention of, of the offenders, of the oppressors can be concealed for years. People find out decades later what happened. Because right. these rules can maintain secrets for decades until death. Even people will, you know, they say, well, I'll take it to my grave. Oftentimes they do right. take it literally. Well, uh, look, at, look at how many people are going to the hospital, believing that remdesivir and ventilators are the only, you know, the only rational approach to uh, having a, a, a serious respiratory infection when you can go online and you can see dozens and dozens of peer reviewed studies showing, you know, 90% efficacy oh. of ivermectin, 85% efficacy of, of the Zelenko protocol and hydroxychloroquine. And these people are literally just going to the doctor. I mean, in some cases they're begging for, for the remdesivir treatment, despite the peer reviewed studies that show the kidney, uh, the kidney, the, the kidney toxicity, the liver toxicity caused by these antivirals. Uh, and so remember people, you're not insane for uh, looking at the science and saying to your doctor, hey, you know, I'd like to look into that ivermectin treatment and you have a total right to do that. And even, and just to reiterate what you were pointing out, George, when you feel like you cannot express yourself, when you're going, going through your life, looking at the potential possibilities of a treatment protocol, if somebody that you love is getting yeah. sick uh, and you're discovering that there are these other options and you feel in your heart that these options should be explored, if you don't feel comfortable speaking your mind about the truth that you're discovering, then you are already undergoing a form of psychological abuse. I mean, this is an, an abusive environment. If you don't feel free to express your opinion, especially about what's going on with your own body, right? I mean, it's just insane. Absolutely. Absolutely. Well, the one thing that people should be looking at, if you go to our Twitter at CRW underscore rights media, you will see that we have pinned the communist coercive methods for eliciting individual compliance. Remember, that is precisely what they're doing to you right now. Yeah. All the behaviors on the chart of coercion, all of them, are what you're living today. So if you're confused as to how to name the behaviors, and I've said this a million times, remember, part of not being able to talk to one another is being able to identify some of the situations. And things have to have names in order to be identifiable. So with that, if you look at the Biderman chart on Canadian Rights Watch at CRW underscore rights media on Twitter, you will see that Biderman chart Knowing it is essential in determining what to talk about and with whom to speak to what you know about with. 
When you look at this chart, you will see the isolation, the monopolization of perception, induced debility and exhaustion and the threats where we're at right now. No jab, no job. Prove your vaccine or go home. I'm not sick. Well, you're going home anyways. These are the threats right now that will explain to you that the oligarchs, the offenders, the people who are doing this to us are desperate. The truth mm -hmm. nears them. Now, Lindell has just finished, I believe, with his talk symposium because he's talking. He's broken the no talk rule. They have all the evidence that they've spewed out there now that they don't want you to know about. Right. Because about remember, the elections. Yeah, the election infection, Dominion mm -hmm. voting, 215 Spadina, George Soros, Hillary Clinton, Lord Malik Brown. These are yeah. the Queen's financier. I mean, I mean, come on, we got to talk about this, right? This is uh, what's going on. Right. Another great example of the no talk rule, boy, they they shut down any conversation uh, about election integrity, integrity right quick, right? They <laughs> they don't want us talking about that. They're the, the powers that be are not happy with Mike Lindell right now. Well, they're definitely not. And, uh, you know, when you, of course, are too near to the truth as he is, and you're willing to prove all the evidence and data and stuff that they've got now that leaves no room for forensic doubt, uh, obviously, that is a, a, a wonderful position. You're going to get retaliation from the collaborators mm -hmm. uh, of who want to censor you. These See, again, that, that offers evidence of what I said earlier. This is not about censoring now. This guy's under attack. Michael Lindell's under attack. That's not censoring. They don't want that information out there because that tells everybody what this is truly about. That's why I called it when I did the speech at Dun, uh, sorry, at 215 Spadina West in Toronto. And I said, this is the epicenter of the election infection. Right. Kian Bechti of Rebel News, who's no longer with Rebel News. I love his work. I think he did a, a handsome job of talking about what was going on at Dominion. All of that now relates to the severe push we're seeing in corporate Canada. They're all using the same set of rules and they're being paid by the Immunization Partnership Fund per Dr. David Martin, who spoke with Reiner Fulmich recently about this when he produced all the patents to the Rona. And remember, you're not supposed to be able to patent anything natural. So we see the, the dots are starting to line up. Yeah, people yeah. are starting to get a clearer picture of these the complexities of, of all this because they're now starting to talk about it. So let's talk a little bit about the, the, the quote unquote collaborators, the enablers of this no talk rule just in society in general. I mean, so many if you're uh, at your job and maybe, you know, people are talking about a vaccine mandate and you feel uncomfortable about discussing it with your fellow employees, uh, because you know that so many of them, maybe even our pro mandate, we're getting such a push from the mainstream media and the propaganda machine uh, to, to push for these mandates, 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 uh, at least on the job mandates. Why is it that so many people are participating in, in the no talk rule, right? I mean, what is it about? I mean, we understand why you know, the corporate system that's making billions of dollars off of all of this and yeah. uh, imposing so much social control on the rest of us, they have, they have the motivation, they have the, they have the, the uh, wherewithal, the reason to pursue this. But why is it that so many people, just friends, family members, uh, fellow employees actually participate the, in this as well and are okay. afraid when you okay. speak up? 
Okay, so that's a great question, and I'm going to answer it in two ways. First one is the Biderman report is in the year of 1956. Okay, right. So we said these rules have been around for a long, long time. Again, these rules of dysfunction started in childhood. So I said in another interview with Dr. Uh, Mark McDonald uh, from the uh, America's Frontline Doctors, our, our psychiatrist, that the conditioning started so earlier on to put the hook in the adult child's mouth today mm-hmm. is not a very difficult task. They're already primed and conditioned for this kind of socialization. It's right. familiar. Right. Right. We said this before familiar. So anything that the amygdala, the seat of memory that sees in the current day that res- in any way resembles the past guides the response. We're already this is already ingrained. We come complete. It's those rules. We keep telling people they've got to break if they are to wake up. Right. In fact, it, it is amazing when we touch on like the really big picture of how emotionally unhealthy our entire culture is. And it's the only reason why these guys wow. can get away with this stuff. Like we've all, as you're talking about, I love that term ingrainment. Like these patterns have just become a part of us. If the authority figure says you got to do this, You know, a large majority of our population is just ready to go. We got to do what they say. That's what they say. That's what they told us. Absolutely. And so let's make it clear. These rules have their origins in childhood. Yeah. So when people say we're going to wake somebody up, you're not going to do that because with such agreement as, as you, as you like, Doug, Mm -hmm. with such, with such ingrainment, it's so ingrained. It's hard for these people to think another logical way. You see, just because I believe this one thing by that fact, the adult child reasons, I must reject its opposite. Yeah, yeah. You see, this is polarized thinking. We got to understand this is polar. You know, Descartes, I think, therefore I am. No, does not work like that. I think, therefore it is. (laughs) Right? I think you should wear a mask, therefore you should. Right. Wait a minute. Are you missing a few steps? Right. You see, so this absolutized kind of thinking, this polar polarized thinking, very, very dangerous, very dangerous. These people produce a lot of conflict because their brains are set up in such a way that they're all left brain. There's no right brain phenomena in there. That's all left brain. You see, that's polarized when a lot of schools, we train the left brain. Yeah. You know, uh, if, if you try, you don't have to do it. As long as you try, though, you see, trying is magic. We, we educate a lot of mag- people with magic. Okay. You don't try. Remember, there is no try. Talk or do not talk. There is no try. What do you see as the solution? I mean, I know it's just, it's so difficult when people are feeling afraid to speak their mind and, and then you know, their anxiety gets triggered, the, the fear-based responses get triggered, but we're dealing, and then we're dealing with so many others in our, in our community. Uh, and you know, you're going to start getting passive aggressive responses. You know, you're going to trigger other people. If you start speaking against the mainstream narrative, uh, the authoritarian right. narrative, um, you know, what do you see are the ways around this? Like, how can we start to chip away at the engrainment that's so okay. common in everybody else? 
let's go back one more time. Uh, if if people were allowed to say no the way God and nature intended for in childhood, like day does night, 18 to 36 months, anybody who's had children knows the toddlerhood, they call it the terrible twos. I call it the terrific twos. I love it. I love that stage. It's a blast. <laughs> I truly enjoy it. They're into everything. And they say, no, right. I won't. You can't make me. <laughs> You're confusing me with somebody who wants to hold your hand. Right. <laughs> go to bed. I don't want to go to bed. I'm partying. I want to see a show. I want to dance. Okay. You're done. You're burnt right out. It's been all day long with three, four kids. I have people with that. And mom is burnt out. Okay. Yeah. So, so, but this kid is something else and they know exactly how to say no, no problem. They're not asking your permission. Right. They just, Very healthy boundaries at that age. You guys are going out. <laughs> no. Have you guys figured out who's taking care of me? The kid saying who's fit. You guys worked that out yet. This is what this kid's doing. No, you ain't going. You you're here to take care of my needs. We have, a huge problem with people who have the error in thinking that if I say no, or I challenge the authority or I challenge my boss mm -hmm. or my supervisor or my parents or whoever the person is in authority, if I say no, the specter of I'm doing something wrong here comes on. I, I'm defiant. I'm being defiant. You see? So, so I know it sounds simple and probably it is for some people, but I have too many hundreds of emails from people and every one of them demonstrates to me a complexity in some words or another. They don't know what to do because what are they telling me? They don't know how to say no. Yeah. Now I can break that down a little bit because I know it's a very simple word. And one of the no's definitely needs to be is no, I won't shut up. Right. No, I won't pretend I didn't hear that. No, you can't control me. Right. No, I can make mistakes and you can't behave like a perfectionist. No, I will have a conflict and I will resolve the conflict to my standards. You won't tell me what they are. No, you won't. Being assertive. I have so many people. Oh, my gosh. It freaks me out that people think that being assertive is about being aggressive. Let me make this abundantly clear right today, right now, in this moment, everybody should be in the mirror practicing assertive skills. Assertive skills does not imply getting anyone, no matter what the cost. If you call up a store owner and you say you're out of line, you're violating my rights and I'm going to sue you. You're not being aggressive. You're being assertive. Right. You are defending the integrity of your rights. Did they, did, are people expecting you to contract for the violation of your unalienable rights? Is that what you're getting? You say no. You stand up to them. You send them an email and you tell them, no, you're not going to violate me. I will hold you accountable legally. Yeah. Rule of law, folks. We got we to gotta start understanding. Our free speech lives our rights live. You talk about this and stick to the rule of law. It's your safest place to be, in my opinion. Don't get into it with people who don't know how to talk properly, but stick to defending your rights, your, your, your one, your 2A, your 2B, and definitely your 2C. Get out there and protest. Uh, 7, uh, uh, 10, 1, 13, and 15. Make sure you stand in those because you have every right to. We didn't have all these millions of people fight and die 
to make your world safe for democracy and to make sure these rights remain in place for you to stand around and just idly give uh, idly buy rather uh, and give them away. Mm-hmm. You don't want to do that because ge- governments don't generally give you rights away and give them back anyway. So you better understand you're fighting to keep them or you're fighting to get your rights back. Pick a fight. There's one I think that's more efficient right now. Behave preemptively. You know that there's unpleasant factors uh, in your workplaces, uh, the grocery store, the hair salon, the beer store. I've got I've got them all. OK, uh, Tim Hortons, you guys got to get your act together enough. You're, you're abusing too many, too many people. Home hardware in Windsor, you too. You got to stop this stuff. People are talking. And you're bringing this on. If you want to cooperate, you businesses want to cooperate with the government narrative, you're going to wind up paying the price. If you want to be on the right side of history, look at the fact that assaulting people, you're not medically trained, and assaulting people with these remedies and not expecting them to talk to you about it is extremely offensive. And it is taxed on the already uh, uh, inherent abuse that you have been trained uh, to partake in. You need to stop this. People are talking and we're going to continue to encourage them to, because if you think that people are just going to continue to stand idly by when the world is waking up to what's really going on, it's going to be a sad day when you have to explain that to a judge. Right. Well, so important to hear what you're talking about, George. I mean, we all have to actually overcome uh, our own ingrainment. For those of us who can see uh, beyond the propaganda and understand that there are rational options here besides mandates and vaccines that we could be debating, pursuing, discussing in a healthy society. This is exactly what would be going on. Absolutely. And and yet we, many of us are still afraid to speak out because we can feel it. We can feel the, we get our own anxiety is is bubbling up. Our own fear is bubbling up and we have to be assertive. It's the only way to get through this is to if you are are afraid to set a healthy boundary, then guess what? You are opening yourself up for this kind of abuse. And that's exactly what we're seeing. A hundred percent. I remember us talking about this before. I mean, I felt my own pangs of defiance. You know, it's like, whoa, yeah. little George, let me like adults here. I'm here. Don't worry. Right. <laughs> I got to right. bring you back. Right. Sure. You can feel yourself slipping away. You, you just question your own sanity. Right. Uh, right. I, I certainly was doing that a few times. Thankfully, I've got a background that helps me to stay away from that under long term. But truthfully speaking, yeah, I in the beginning felt, you know, like I was doing something wrong. I was like, what's going on here? Did, did I mess up, you know? But once I realized and I decoded the motivations in these uh, actions, the conduct, and again, notably in the Biderman report, which handsomely spells that out for everyone. There's no excuse. You can't not know it. It's right there. Go to my page. CRW underscore rights media is where you'll find us and check that stuff out. Name these behaviors. Don't be afraid to speak out. Challenge everybody who wants to make you crazy with these absolutely unscientific narratives, nonsense uh, that you got to fly with a jab. You can't fly. You can't walk around section six, your mobility rights. If you're coming back to this country, section six, 14.1 of the quarantine act, you can walk free. Nobody can hold you up, force you to take jabs and test. They will play the game. They'll try to tell you. They'll talk to you as though you are under their spell and authority. Right. Talk down to you. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. They just talk to you like you're smaller than them. That's an illusion. That's an illusion. You're not smaller than them. And knowledge right now, when used properly, is your power. Yeah, absolutely. 
Well, thank you so much, George. I know we're trying to keep these short and sweet, so it's time to wrap it up. I just want to recap real quick. That was rule number five of the rules of dysfunction called the no talk rule. Some of the really interesting points that we brought up uh, about, I mean, how how the no talk rule is really um, expressing itself so powerfully uh, culture-wide right now through censorship, through uh, on the job, you know, especially healthcare professionals, especially scientists who are afraid to speak out, knowing that they could lose their jobs or their certifications. Uh, you know, think about the kind of abuse those people are 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 enduring. Uh, well, those the- threats are very real, a hundred percent real. Right. And you know, the one thing, and I hate to interject, but I want to because uh, if you'll allow it, the mm-hmm. fact when you asked me about the solutions, and I said, you know, say no. I know that. That sounds simple, right? I just want to make it clear to people that the solution is you must, A, get into groups. That's vital. Make sure you understand the strength of numbers. So Blacklist, Whitelisted Businesses Canada, very knowledgeable group, very good people sharing good experiences and information in there. So thanks to all of you for contributing. I hope you will do more. Canadian Rights Watch on Facebook. Also, you'll find a lot of great information in there. So as a solution, you want to understand your rights, work to make sure you know them so you can use them to defend yourself when people are encroaching on you. Remember, the country's at war. Right. Right. And so, you know, we're definitely seeing the no talk rule uh, within families and within and and politically as well, as we discussed the the state of emergency, the lack of public debate about all of this. So it's a very, very, very powerful rule. And it's expressing itself uh, in almost the totality across the board right now. And the solution is to create healthy boundaries, people. We've got to learn how to stand up on that communication level, on that individual level, and and say, hey, look, you know, this is my boundary, and I have the right to make it. Uh, and then uh, people like Canadian Rights Watch uh, and other organizations, uh, hopefully, potentially here in the United States, uh, Children's Health Defense. Uh, will be there to mount a legal defense, and uh, we're working towards using utilizing that angle to protect people's rights so you can be confident when you do stand up for yourself that there is a group behind you uh, that's willing to step in and help out when the time comes so for those canadian citizens george uh, where should they go if uh, they have suffered from mandate harassment and they're interested in contacting canadian rights watch yeah email us at info at canadian the web is almost done we have a Great. little bit more writing to do but our concentration has been primarily on processing the cases and the complaints coming in in droves so once again you know that we will defend you we will stand up we will make phone calls we will write letters we do have legal people to assist you in times of greater struggle so know that the important thing, as we discussed with Mark McDonald in our last live on Facebook last Sunday, I believe it was, is get into groups. You need the support. You're going to need it. Understand, freedom is not free right now. I hate Absolutely. To say, but the, the last time, you know, our rights were under attack, bullets were flying. Right now, we've got needles flying. This is a different way of controlling the world's population. So please understand. I know that you're afraid. I know it's anxiety-inducing, but reach out. You can certainly talk to us. Catch us on uh, uh, CRW underscore rights media. I said that throughout this broadcast on Twitter, also on Instagram at Canadian Rights Watch or Canadian Rights Watch on Facebook. 
Well, awesome, George. Uh, another excellent episode. I hope people are really starting to get the big picture about what's going on uh, on this psychological level. We were talking before the show about how so much of this is turning into uh, a propaganda war, actually. And when you are being really honestly gaslit by mainstream media over and over again, and it feels like it, it's so oppressive, so insane, remember that this is on this psychological level. It's all very easily characterized. Uh, and described in terms of this family systems therapy. It is abusive the way you are being treated by the mainstream media. It is abusive Absolutely. the way you're being treated by your governments. And it's abusive uh, the way you're being treated by your bosses at work and even other family members uh, who are just going along to get along with what the authority is saying, not willing to question it, and then being afraid to set those boundaries. So uh, I just want to thank everybody for checking this out. If you haven't already, uh, you can go to www.theshiftnow.com and click on the free content tab. Look up the psychology of lockdown. Uh, this is the 19th episode, rule number five of the rules of dysfunction. The no talk rule uh, was today, but you can see all the other rules of dysfunction uh, and the characteristics of mystification uh, outlined there. We've got a few more episodes uh, left, and then we're going to wrap up this series, and you'll have a really tight package that I think uh, does an excellent job of describing what's going on, because so many people are just so confused. Like, wait a minute, haven't? am I not seeing that ivermectin is really effective? Why do people treat me like I'm a crazy person when I just point that out, right? It's projection. <laughs> yep, exactly. Let's understand that. Anybody treating you as though you are crazy, they're denying their own craziness. Don't forget hey. that. The outer is a reflection of the inner. You don't need to get into it. Don't react. Don't react. Respond. Right. And always remember, everybody seems to know one right really, really well. Let's see if we can finish this one off. You have the right to remain. Anyone? Bueller? <laughs> silent right the right to remain silent you don't have to respond don't engage. to anyone that's when you don't talk right somebody's you know, attacking you don't talk that's a great point and a great way to uh to kind of end this you know what when we're dealing with psychology in this way we're dealing with people who are going to get triggered if you speak up for yourself and the other person just starts yelling screaming getting nervous fidgety you know, what? Oh. When, when somebody gets triggered, that's the time to have the right to remain silent. Just say, hey, be... sorry, sorry, I triggered yeah. you. You know, we'll talk about this later. <laughs> let, let you know something. I think it would be it would deny people something because I've had numerous statements to this effect where people are like, you know, when they come and they approach me, it's like I just I lose my words. I can't find the word. This is what they're saying. They become yep, flooded. Yep. This is yep. called flooding, folks. When you right. can't get your words together, it's like a hodgepodge of, of anger and fear and anxiety. And it's all like a big ball. And you just can't move. The words don't come to you. I get it, right? Yes, as Doug just said, remain silent. Absolutely do not react. It's not going to go well. It may not go in your favor because... You have that valid anger that these people don't want you to have access to. That gives you important information about what you need to do to take care of yourself in that offensive, violating scenario. So if you feel that flooding coming on, and if you watch this broadcast, try to remember, don't respond. Wait. Yeah. yeah. Give yourself time. You're not in a rush. 
these people aren't controlling you. I know you want to say something as quickly as possible, but your best position is don't say a damn thing. Yeah, excellent point. Excellent point, actually. When you start getting yeah. triggered, take a few deep breaths, take a step back. You don't need to engage. Uh, and the more that we recognize when we get triggered and the more we recognize when they get triggered, then the more in control of the whole situation we are. So, uh, well, you better really stop triggering me. We're going to be here all damn day. I, I know. Right? I yeah, I'm trying to wrap it up. I'm trying to wrap it up, George. All right. Right on. So one more time, then, uh, if you're uh, a Canadian citizen and you've been uh, a victim of, of uh, mandate harassment, please contact uh, George Roach. And thank you, George, for coming on the show at info at CanadianRightsWatch.com. This has been the Psychology of Lockdown series. I'm your host, Doug McKinty. Check out my stuff, uh, including my weekly podcast, The Shift with Doug McKinty, our other COVID-specific news program, uh, The Facts and the Fiction, uh, all posted at theshiftnow.com. Uh, and again, I've been your host, Doug McKenty. So thanks, everybody, for listening to uh, this very important broadcast. And uh, George, you're moving next week. So uh, we'll, we're likely to take a week or two off. Uh, and then we'll have the last couple episodes of the series coming up. So stay tuned for that. All right. Thanks, everybody. And thanks again, George. Have a great day. Thank you. Take care.